The Hawkeye Huddle on 1700 The Champ. Interact with the show on Twitter at Hawkeye Huddle and at Hawkeye Huddle 2. And hello again, everybody. Welcome to the Hawkeye Huddle here on 1700 The Champ. Brett Ridge, Dave Creighton Jr. with you live at G-Migs in West Des Moines. In the Junction. In the Junction. Valley Junction. That's correct. Historical Valley Junction. Come on down and uh, join us uh, tonight. Of course, it's steak night on Tuesday nights. It means they're grilling up some good stuff right outside. It's actual an actual grill, right? It's, it's That's good, why it's called grilling. Yeah, I know, but a lot of times they're like in a in a kitchen somewhere. This is like out, George is George is outside cooking. grilling the steaks. That's what he does. That's he wants right. to know the hot picks tonight for tonight specifically. Ohio State over Semo. I, t- I think that's it. <laughs> they're only given thirty. Oh, jeez. Oh, Hey, that might be right on. You never know. Uh, you know, the, our guys in the desert seem to know, don't they? You know, they do. They seem to figure that out. Uh, obviously, uh, this is a week where uh, the University of Iowa men's basketball team is off. The women off as well until Saturday. Uh, but last week, big news is the Hawks venture. Both of them ventured into Ames. The women uh, with the victory over Iowa State, uh, and of, uh, of course, the men as well over Iowa State, eight four. To sixty-eight in a game that was never that close. Does it? Uh, did that lock up the Cyhawks yes, series? Yes, Cyhawk uh, Trophy, whatever the corn, Iowa Corn Cyhawk series, whatever it is, uh, goes to the Iowa Hawkeyes again this year. Again, <clears throat> excuse me. Hold on. Again this year, as they uh, they get uh, those two victories. Do you know in the last five years between men's basketball, women's basketball, football, and wrestling, it's Iowa 15, Iowa oh, State 1. Not even five years, but it's like 17. Yeah, it's like, yes, it's la- out of the last 16 contests, it's 15 and 1. There you go. Yeah. Once again proving, it is a Hawkeye State, right? And we're going to at least say that while we're on our own Iowa. Well, why not? Iowa it's Hawkeye. the Hawkeye Everybody Huddle. That's right. It's a Hawkeye Huddle. Um, Cyclone I, fans of the huddle are not here tonight, so they could argue with us if they were. Although I, I know a couple of Cyclone fans sitting across the way now, and uh, and they can, yeah, exactly. Uh, they could actually argue with us a little bit. Uh, we know there are some uh, here in the house, but you know, either way, they came to support the huddle. Right? That's right. Actually, they, they um, came for steak night. They came for steak. <laughs> they came for steak night. So that's an interesting, very interesting game in a lot of different ways. Obviously, a lot of fun. Let's face it, uh, Iowa has, has had leads before in Ames and lost them. Iowa has struggled at other times. But certainly the one thing that has not happened is they got out to that big of a lead that quickly and then were able to find a way to just kind of keep it going the rest of the game. And I told you the other night as we were, as we were headed off the air that the couple of times I had seen Iowa State play, they can't shoot straight. I said, and, and I looked at the stats. They're... they're, they're they're thirty percent on the year, and that's with the crappy teams that you play in the non-conference, right? They're thirty percent from three. And what do they do when they started out the game? They were hucking up threes like it was the only thing they could get. And and as they did that, I just kept saying, "Yes, please shoot. Yes, please shoot. Yes, please shoot." And you're going to let Iowa, who didn't shoot particularly well in the game, actually make a few shots, and suddenly you're out sixteen to four. You're up twenty to twenty to six. And they pet pushed it out over the twenty and twenty-five point mark at one point in time. Yeah, and it was uh, it was a real interesting game from the standpoint of in the second half you knew Iowa State was going to make a run. They just had to. The emotion of Hilton, things sure, like that. Absolutely. Sooner or later they were going to come. And if I'm not mistaken, they got it down to seven, which was then followed up by a Joe Joe Wieskamp three, and then a I think it may have been Bohannon or somebody. Maybe it Frederick. was. Uh, Fred, Frederick. Frederick. Stone Cold, C.J. Frederick. He's a badass. 
shooting, uh, he's shooting over also, 50% from three. He's right? also bigger than you think he yes, is. Yes, yes. Um, yes and, he's not actually small, no. And that, they went, it went from seven to 12, and the Hawks were never headed again. Uh, and they just, you know, basically played it out. Jordan Bohannon pulls the wrestling move, drops the shoes. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Um, ben Bruns, you can you can he suck didn't like it. it. I didn't. Oh, well, I wasn't listening to, to. I'm not, and I'm sure Ben doesn't listen to us. But nevertheless, I mean, good lord, enjoy the fact that a homegrown guy got back at your guy, George Niang, uh, who and Monte Morris, who was going to do the exact same thing in Carver, but he couldn't do it because the Hawks, the Hawks beat won. him. Right. That, so, so nevertheless, I. It wasn't an original idea. I love the fact that Jordan did it. Obviously, Iowa State set the shoes back, and now he's made $20,000 or more for the Children's, for the hospital. children's yes. hospital. So, uh, by the way, the Children's Hospital has had a good year. It, they're doing very well considering they didn't have to work for this. Right? Yeah, I mean, just, it used to be there. in the fundraising yeah. business. Good Lord, could you imagine yeah. if some guy decided Absolutely. to Venmo you $3 million? Oh, and we'd, now- have, we'd have been doing the happy dance all over the place, right? Let alone twenty grand would have been great, you know? He'd have been the honorary chair of, yeah. of the Jolly um, Holiday Lights or anything else that one, you wanted back in the day. One year we did auction off uh, when I was with MS. We, you know, we did the game ball run between Iowa right. and City and... And uh, I grabbed that ball off the field after it was immediately kicked off, and uh, the boys down at uh, Sound Off auctioned it off on Sound Off. I think we got like eight or nine grand for that. Football. Wow, that's awesome! It was very, really nice, and and that was kind of on a whim. They said, "Oh, sure, come on down, we'll do it," you know. And so that was that was a lot of fun. But but uh, it was a great week. It uh, was a great week. You know, great week for the uh, Hawkeye women going in there. What a horrible circumstance that Bill Finley's dad died earlier that day. Yeah. Um, the class that Lisa. Lisa Bluter, who's always been tremendously great with us, Jan Jensen, and the entire Hawkeye staff and team before the game and then even more importantly after the game, true friendship and emotion and respect was shown by by Iowa towards Iowa State and Bill Finley and his family. I don't know how he coached other than that's what he does. And and he went out there and, and did it. You know, and probably along the line of, you know, how they say, well, the old man would have always wanted me to go out there and do that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but still, the lump in your throat uh, as you watch the game, as the game ended. But uh, a great week for the Hawkeyes. Uh, go- I mean, good Lord, you're going into Hilton Coliseum uh, against, I think, two above-average teams, both the Iowa State women and the Iowa State men, and you come out of there with victories. Hawks up to 20th or something in somebody's AP poll yeah, or, or in, coaches' in the, poll. In the, uh, in the men's poll. Yeah. Uh, or actually, I was thinking they were just maybe, maybe just outside. I don't know. It was one, it was one of those polls. Right. You know, there seems there's, like there's a bunch yeah. of them nowadays. But uh, nevertheless. Uh, Not start, rated on the women's side. Start, though, starting two. to get some, yeah. uh, some ratings and, and recognition from national press. Uh, you know, the Joe Lenardi came out and they were in, in his bracket, Joey brackets, uh, the first bracket, it's December 17th and we got brackets actually. So last week at this time, Iowa state was the last team in and Iowa was the last team out. And so the first time he said that they, that, that had ever happened that those two teams met, met. No, I think they moved up a little bit, uh, since then. 
uh, Iowa, uh, the first net rankings came out. That's your RPI, yeah, lack right. of, uh, of a better uh, uh, terminology. And the first net rankings came out, and Iowa is 30th in the first net rankings. Number one in the country in adjusted net offense and, like, 106 in defense. In other words, they're going to score. 106 right? in defense, though, compared to 238. At some point in time, yeah. Last year right, or right. the year before. Two years before. Yeah. No, it, actually, the, you know, the defense has been spotty, but at other at certain times, what they have done, and I thought they executed the If game. you take out the DePaul game, I would say that the defense, for the most part, in the second half of the San Diego State game, the defense has been pretty darn good the whole season. Michigan. Michigan was bad. Was Michigan, bad Michigan was tough. That was they were. Bad that's night. right. They did yeah. give up one hundred and four. They, they were gassed. Hard to say that you played great defense if you give up. You yes. can only do that in the NBA. It's watching. So, you know, we were young. You were a little older than I was, but still 19, am. Nineteen seventy six. Okay. I remember Indiana. I knew Indiana had gone undefeated that year. That was right. a big thing, right? They won the whole thing going right. undefeated. Quinn Buckner. I had no idea until Kent were, Benson, uh, Scott May. Yeah. Well, Rutgers. Was had an undefeated regular season that year. They made it the final four, had not lost thirty one to nothing, thirty one and zero. Lost to Michigan and, and UCLA in the final four. I was watching a thing on the Big Ten Elite last night on, on that, which was somewhat interesting. When they played the old barn that they played in, literally was one one whole side of it was just a wall because on the other side of that wall it was a drop down wall like in your old high school gym. The other side was a swimming pool. This is a little tiny pillbox gymnasium. They went thirty-one and zero. Oh, you're talking about Rutgers, uh, Rutgers at the rack? That, not the rack here, right? Their right. old barn. Okay, right? I got you. Yes, now they got the rack, but their old barn. So, in other words, it replacing this old dumpy arena, our old dumpy field house, the barn. They built an old dumpy new, uh, new barn. New barn. I mean, because it's there's not much to the rack, right? Well, anyway, it's 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 more like the it's a. The nap center. Uh, yeah. Uh, anyway, I was I was shocked to learn that they were good. I didn't remember that. You know, little things. Dick Vitale was his assistant coach that had recruited all those guys, and the the uh, for Michigan. No, to to Rutgers. Oh, all right. And that was where he wanted to live out his coaching days. He was from there. It was in, and they didn't hire him because he was too much of a marketer. They were afraid of 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 his, his personality and all that. And Detroit came along and offered him money, and he left. And he said, had Rutgers hired him, Keep this in mind, said, Johnny, I would still be there Johnny, Johnny Orr left Michigan not after the 76 year, but after 1977. He asked Michigan for, I think he told me this story one time, I think he asked him for like a five or $10,000 raise to, to get to like $35,000. And Iowa State came and said they offered him like fifty thousand dollars in a shoe contract, and he told Michigan to pound sand and <laughs> and left and yeah. came to to Ames and, and frankly changed the fortune of Iowa State basketball forever. Oh, absolutely! They were they were a fair to Midland at at best, right? Lynn, I remember Lynn Iowa, Nance. Yeah, yeah. Well, think about that. Dickie V may not have existed as we know him at all today. ESPN basketball may have been a completely different thing when we were in college and. Had he been given the Rutgers job, because he's like, because he had recruited all these high school uh, all Americans, and yeah, and he's like, I would never have left. He said, I would have been. A, a, I said, I, I was. Oh, he would have had to leave because sooner or later they were going to fire him. Well, he never, you know, he, he had all the connections, the recruiting wise. I he spec- didn't have when he went to Detroit. 
And, you know, anyway, and then he had the whole Pistons thing, which made no, no sense at all. But anyway, I digress. We're kind of all over, but, but it's kind of fun to, to look at those things. Let's go back real quick. So, Luca Garza, another uh, another uh, 21, another double, 21 points, another double-double. I think that's eight on the year. How many teeth did he lose? I think he only lost, I think it was one. Because what was hysterical about that, he's laying on the floor, and Bohannon goes over and picks it up and hands it to the, the doctor. And then the they trainer. jam it back in his, in his mouth in there. Did I they? Think. It looked like they were. Did they rinse it? I think they did that. Or did yeah, he it was on the it sideline. Hilton Muck. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> Look at that muck. That the muck. muck. Yes, but um, on my good, tooth. Yeah. But uh, so he he goes back in the game and and plays out the plays out the rest of the game. He needs he needs to start wearing a hockey helmet and mouth guard. So let me ask you this, because uh, Cyclone friends of the Hawkeye Nation of the Hawkeye, Hawkeye Huddle. Hey, either way, of the Hawkeye Huddle. The Hawkeye they Nation's were complaining. Show. They were complaining. Because they were at the game, and they said that Iowa was demonstrating too much. And I did see a number of times where Iowa did the the, the, the you know the strong arms. Or are you te- are are you telling me that when a kid is being tackled and hammered and beaten up like that, and he powers through and goes up and lays the ball in and gets an and one, and gets an and one that he can't do that? Well, maybe it's too much. I don't know. Garza does actually have a little bit of a, 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 a and this is not something Iowa has had a lot of. He does have a little bit of an edge to him in terms of firing himself up and the rest of the team. Well, I don't think there's any question. And I will tell you this. I think Luca Garza is the leader of the basketball team from an emotional standpoint. I think he's demonstrative. He's good. They can feed off of him. He doesn't have to defer to, to Cook anymore. Um, the, the basketball does not just go into him and become a, 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 an abyss, a black hole. He passes very well. Um, He's obviously making shots, and he's rebounding both on the offense and defensive end. And if we can limit teams to only one shot, he's getting the offensive rebound. I mean, the dude scored 45 against, uh, with our 44 against an NBA caliber center up there in Michigan. And I, I tell you, I just, he's, he has exceeded and grown so much since his freshman year. A.C. Earl's the last guy I remember who's grown this much. I'd have to think through that, but the A.C. Earl was a big growth spurt. That, not in terms of si- only in terms of size, but also uh, in terms of skill. I can tell you about playing basketball with him at the field house when he was a freshman and going, oh, my gosh, I can back that guy down, right? Anyway, um, Luke, you're, you're making you're, – it, it's, it's a great <laughs> point. He's that – Trying to imagine ridging back in that uh, A.C. Earl. He wasn't, he wasn't quite as tall. He was really thin. It's a it's a big growth spurt that he's had uh, in a lot of different ways, and the one thing he does is he gives you that out. He's the run stopper, right? If you need to, you can go down low and try. It. You're going to get a fifty fifty shot. We'll be back talk more Hawkeye uh, basketball and some football signing day tomorrow for the uh, football team. We'll be back on the Hawkeye Huddle on seventeen hundred the champ. Back to the Hawkeye Huddle with Dave Creighton Jr. and Brett Ridge on seventeen hundred the champ. Real sports talk for real sports fans. And we're back here on the Hawkeye Huddle, Brett Ridge and Dave Creighton Jr. with you. G Migs here in West Moines Valley Junction. West Moines Valley Junction. West Moines Valley. Put the comma in the right place and the <laughs> and fastest in the correct syllable. Right. We'll be good with that. Um, Your hypothesis is perfect. It, it is. Uh, a few phone issues tonight, so I guess we're not we're not in for Tom Kager tonight, right? Well, the uh, the boys on the drive have not been able to uh, call out and have interviews without extreme 
You know that means since this is the first time we haven't had a a, a Hawkeye HawkeyeReport.com contributor in 16 years. No, no, that's not true. We've we've had efforting uh, Hawkeye Report. No, I, we, that's true. We we've and we've had. This is the first go. official. This is the first official. Didn't get anybody on and really didn't even attempt it. That's yes, right. In but 16 it's, years, it, it should be noted. It's not our not our fault. I want to thank our great sponsors, G Migs. Uh, great to be down here. Come on down, Jingle on the Junction, until uh, Christmas Eve. Uh, the boys at the Foundry Distillery and, of course, Kozlowski Law. We appreciate all of them being great and loyal sponsors. If anyone would like to sponsor our wrestling segment, we're taking requests. We're taking requests. <laughs> uh, and, by the way, we will not be on the air next uh, next Tuesday as it's Christmas Eve. We will be on on Thursday the 26th. Thursday the 26th. Do a little preview for the uh, the following night's uh, USC-Iowa Holiday Bowl. And so you podcasters, uh, everyone, relax. Chill, relax. It, it won't be there. It'll be there on I Friday. Know, I know. It'll, it, might, it might set a couple of you off balance. Get the anxiety blankets around you. Kevin, you'll be okay. It'll be on on Friday. Yes, Kevin. Calm down. It'll be okay. Although, if you want to bring a couple cases of yingling over for us, we might be able to just kind of come in and do something for you. You know, we'll just sit here and talk with you. And you know? uh, yeah. we're, we're perhaps uh, considering a, a, a real fun night on New Year's Eve. We're a working, bowl, working on that. A bowl wrap-up show, yeah. and uh, we'll see what we can do about that. So, so nevertheless. Uh, speaking of Tom Caker uh, and HawkeyeReport.com, who couldn't be on for the first time in 16 years, uh, that's where you want to go if you want to check out uh, what's going on with uh, football recruiting. Tomorrow is the uh, the early signing period day. Iowa expecting to sign 20 uh, kids. They have 22 commitments. They have 20 that they're going to sign tomorrow. They expect. Who else is the signing? Well, let's see. They, uh, they've got, well, the lowest Xavier kid. Foster. Uh, Mike, Michael Lo- Yeah, he's not signing. Michael Lois, uh, who, of course, had the, the accident, uh, hurt his back, neck, and has been rehabbing. Um, they're not sure whether he's ever going to play, right? So they're working out. He's still going to get a scholarship, but they're kind of working out what the contingencies for that might be if he never ends up playing. So there's he, he's like going to sign. Academic. They would move him to academic. There's also a a possibility of some sort of a of hardship. A, or yes, there's a medical thing uh, that they might do. But since it's before he actually enrolls, then the NCAA's got to kind of help out with that. So. There's some things there. He's they're still going to honor that commitment to him, and he's still trying. I think he's going to play baseball this summer. I think he's uh, looking good for that. But football's a little bit different deal, uh, so we'll see how that goes. And then uh, one of the kids out of Florida, Kalen Gully, uh, who's uh, one of my, Marcus Pascal uh, coaches that that team down there in Florida. One of those kids uh, has a few academic things to wrap up. A little, uh, uh, little this and a little. So we'll see if he ends up being able to come or whether he needs to do a little juco or something like that. But other than that, they got 20 kids, a couple of four stars in there. This is a between 30 and 40 rated class right have, now, which is pretty good. Have you, have you got your subscription to The Athletic yet? I don't do The Athletic. Okay. So and I should because of Dockerman, right? You absolutely need to. But and it's just Scott, one more thing to pay for, you know, so oh I, just haven't done, I just God, haven't done it. You are I didn't, the cheapest. No, it's a matter of just getting out there and just doing it, it's right? It's like I $24 a year. And it's got to sign up, right? Right. And, or maybe it's 35 Anyway, so Doctorman had a tremendous article on Deuce Hogan and, and the process by which his dad was his football coach and how he was going to be a football player and the method by which his dad kind of said, who do you think would be a good fit based upon what you can do? You know, and he was getting offers from Georgia and Baylor, and and I'm sure that they're calling him tonight, right? You know, right. um, 
I'll bet you $100 Lane Kiffin calls him uh, <laughs> from Ole Miss. And, and you know, other, other teams like that. But he's 100% committed to Iowa. He's a huge, true leader uh, on his football team and in his life. You can just tell this kid's got it. Four-star quarterback out of, out of the Dallas area. I can't right. remember which, uh, which uh, academy he goes to. Grape, grapevine? I think, it's, like I think it's yes. Grapevine. And uh, just the, the athletic is not um, bound by inches. Right, you can have a long article or short article. There's no cutting of the uh, of the uh, the real estate. Right, and so I mean, I don't know how many. I mean, this this would have been a, a you know a full page expose in the Des Moines Register. Really, really interesting. Really good read. So if you haven't seen it, go to Scott Docterman's um, column there on the Athletic, and I would absolutely tell you to to uh, sign up for that uh, online edition. I mean, you can tailor it to your teams and whatever i mean i get enough cubs stuff and bears right and, right i know there's more there's additional stuff and, that it, it and obviously up, yeah. the hawkeye stuff so it's it's yeah. really really good really really worth it so anyway but a great article on deuce hogan's gonna sign uh tomorrow and, and he is the real deal it's a nice class it, you know they're so they've only got a couple of four stars they've got a, a couple of other three-star kids that are going to all american bowls here and there and so there's there's some some sprinkle ins of some additional guys but at the end of the day there's 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 no there's not very many gambles in this in this class right there's a lot of not kids yet. No. And, and I think Kirk's looking for the gambles right now he's looking for the guys that everyone has missed and he pointed to guys like Josie Jewell and Micah Hyde and Bobby Sanders and all these other people that they got real late uh, Laporta who Kirk finally f- figured out his name <laughs> um, and uh, it was it was. <laughs> It's good to see that the, they've got it locked down. I don't know. I can't decide. Kirk mentioned in his press conference the other day he, he wished the signing period was like in September. Right, because it's been that August. long. And by the way, you know, he did say also, it was some good reading. You can get that at HawkeyeReport.com as well. Um, it, this is the one time where he actually kind of waxes nostalgic and gets off of the page and kind of goes around and into a lot of different, a, a lot of different subject matters. Very interesting read, uh, reading to hear or, or listening to hear him talk about officiating and how hard the guys in the Big Ten work and whether they get it right or not, and, he's, and, and him talking about um, how he went to the NFL game to watch uh, the, the New England and uh, play Kansas City the other night. And, and he's like, those guys got three of them that were sitting were right in front of me wrong right in a row. And he said, those are the higher-paid guys. He said, it's just harder than you think it is, which is why he said, you know, they're he pointed to the Kansas State game in his second year. He said, we got so much into the officiating, we forgot to play the football game, and we lost to a really good Kansas State team that we probably could have beaten, which would have set the whole thing off. He said, that was the last time I let that really because It's like the weather. It's either going to rain or it's not. I, good good reading there. But then he started talking about uh, a little bit about, yes, about recruiting. It's been done for a long time, right? Now they've been keeping guys warm, and they've moved on, and we're into the next class, which is completely different. But what has, is great about it is th- there's no worry that any of these kids are going to get poached at the last minute, right? Because the big, big, big names, right, all the five-star and some of the four-star kids that the Miami or the Miami. The Ohio State. Yeah, the old Miami. The Ohio State, Michigans of the world. Oklahoma, used to come USC, and pluck, a, pluck away Al- from us. Alabama. Those big, the big guys are still – those kids are still waiting until February. So those teams have to leave their scholarship areas open for those guys because that's who they think they're going to go get. They can't just be plucking a three-star that Iowa wants 
and, and taking a chance on. So it really allows Iowa to get kids who want to be at Iowa. Same for Iowa State. It's a perfect thing for it's a it's a great thing for the growth of Iowa State as well. It, it's these kids want to be there and they're going to go ahead and sign. Right. And if they don't, if they have a good reason, that's fine. But then Kirk would turn around and say, "Look, you're either committed or you're not. I won't count you committed until you till you say you are. And if you say you are." Then, then I expect you to honor it. Right. I don't expect you to be looking around. And if you're looking around, then you're not really committed. And that makes that makes sense. He said that doesn't mean we stop recruiting you, which is what people say. It's not what he said. He said it just means you're not committed to us, and we're not going to hold a scholarship spot for you if you're going to do that, right? Well, and keep this in mind: uh, Alaric Jackson is not looking for NFL prospects. Going to mention that, right? Chauncey Golston is not looking for. They're NFL not in prospects. the. They're not on that list of of getting feedback, and, right? And and I recall a few years ago when. Uh, Brandon Scherf and Desmond King both said they were coming back for their senior seasons, two different years, but that those were the biggest recruits that Iowa was going to get during that, that entire year. I, I make no, no hesitation to think that Tristan Wirfs and A.J. Epinesa are going to go. I mean, and if you're a first-round draft choice, unless you really, really, really love college, go. Um Geno Stone, I can't imagine that he would get too high of a grade, maybe fifth round. Yeah, I mean, Amani not, Hooker was like yeah, Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year, and he was fourth round. Right? Geno's good, but you got it. And, and Kirk made some comments on that, that. The difficulty is the agents out there that are talking to these kids are trying to convince them that they need to go early because they need to think about their second contract, right, not the first I, one. I heard that. And he said, no, he said, do you know how difficult it is to get the second contract? You better be darn good in your on your first contract or you won't get the second one. And I think there are some out there, I, 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 was, I was thinking about that, that there are a number of guys out there who you've seen go early. Josh Jackson comes to mind. Is he going to get a second look? I mean, I is he, if he's not playing now, because the NFL passes you up after a year or two, and then you're, uh, what's his name, the lineman? Um, what, what team? Well, he was with the... Uh, it's not Mike Daniels. Is it Mike Daniels? Not Mike Daniels. Daniels has played well for the Packers. No, he guys, went to Detroit. Yeah, he went to Detroit. Um, there's another one from the recent past that I saw. Had uh, maybe Broderick Benz. No, he's he's a he's an assistant coach. Anyway, one of our one of our former defensive linemen got out there, got a contract, but getting the second one, he didn't get enough playing time the first couple of years. And even though he's 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 doing Was okay. It Kroll? Gotta, I'm gonna have to go back and look. Uh, anyway, anyway, the point the point being, if 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 you go and you're in the league for one or two years and you aren't good enough to earn that playing time, you don't get a. They actually look and go, well, he's not been all that great. Let's take a chance on the younger guy, so you don't get that contract. Well, and, 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 and then you have a guy like James Ferentz, who's probably now in the league for his sixth or seventh year, and really he's what's he started two games, yeah, right? But he's but so he's hung around long enough. There's a little difference in the cerebral nature of playing that position versus some of these other ones but it but it is it does beg the question as to when it's too early to go and and those guys by the way you know uh Werfs may be getting bumped down the totem pole a little here and there so he's probably 90 percent gone right but we'll see well and we'll I mean, see yeah, those guys I, you know i the one thing i respect out of them is we're sitting here last year talking about whether or not guys are going to play in the bowl game because they want to save themselves no offense none of these guys have even alluded to they, that was even a thought right right and so it's not a thought and they are going to play right and so it's great and like you say uh, AJ, but i love to epinesa's line i played 12 games with this these guys why would i jump why would, why, I, why would i jump away from my brothers and my teammates now to worry about me and something—that's well, just dumb. Don't you, so that was my that was my 
that's my thought process about the entire thing with, with that. And I remember last year with Noah Fant, what I said was, if that were the case, when they were done with any chance of winning the Big Ten Championship after they lost to Purdue, with four games left in the season, why didn't he shut it down then? Why would you just – well, well, the, the, the kid, kid from Ohio State, right. Nick Bosa did. Right, he just decided, well, I can't win the national championship now. We lost a game, so I'm done. I'm well, not playing well, anymore. Well, and he was hurt. Yeah, but, uh, that helped. But on the, on the other side of the coin, I think Kirk said this three times uh, this week in his press conference. If a guy wants to go – Whereas hell bent on going, we're not going to stop. We're not going to talk him out. We're, of it. we're right. going to encourage him yes. to go. Yes, and I think that was. This is me reading the tea leaves. I think that was Noah Fan. Yeah, right. Not even going to try to convince him to play. Enjoy yourself. Go. You'll get drafted. It'll be great. Do what you want. Do what you want to do. Right. If a guy doesn't want to go, we certainly want him to play. Right. Right. And that's what you got in Epinesa and 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 uh, Werfs this year. Um, It'll be interesting to see where they go and how that all works, but at least they're waiting till after the bowl game to talk about it, to think about it, to get and they're getting their feedback, like you say. And you know now that you're going to get likely get a Larry Jackson back because uh, you know, which is, is a nice Golston. a nice pickup and Golston, which is nice to keep those kids around. Uh, well, if you, if you lost Golston, you lose your whole defensive line, don't you? Uh, yeah. I mean, because they're they're, they're going to be looking in Nixon the transfer. will be back. They are going to be looking in the transfer portal for defensive linemen and probably a punter. Now, he didn't say that, but everybody's kind of figured out that that's where Iowa's got some, some areas of need, just in terms of depth for one. And the punt, punting game is obviously it's always huge and, and a big deal. By the way, All-American teams are out for a number of them. The Walter Camp Award, we got uh, Werfs and Epinesa, uh, the aforementioned, their first team All-American all, uh, in Walter Camp. Duncan, Keith Duncan's second team, second in the Groza uh, voting, of course, uh, thanks to the SEC uh, bias that's out there. But the AP All-American teams flipped that. Duncan is the first team by the AP, and Werfs and Epinesa are second team All-Americans. Uh, Duncan well, what also, do you have um, to do to be a consensus All-American? You have to, I think it's like six out of the eight uh, major do national Do you have to be po- first team? So Yes. Okay. And he's Duncan's still got a chance based on who all is left. He was first team sporting news today uh, as well. I think there's a couple of them left, and I'm not sure. There's like the, I think it's Football Writers Association, which was the only national championship for Iowa, by the way, in 1960. And uh, there you have it. And and uh, I think there's a, a coaches association of some sort. So there's a couple of them that are left that uh, you might get. It. So Duncan may still get that consensus All American, which would be really cool because Iowa's only had oh a handful of those in their in their uh, entire. Uh, existence well, and my the, guess is their, none of them were walk-ons. Their oil paintings are uh, on the wall. Well, I shouldn't say that. Dallas Clark's walk-on, right? But anyway, yes, uh, they are. Oil, they are oil yes. paintings on the wall at the old Iron Man Inn, still somewhere out there. No, it's not the Iron Man. They have them in the athletic. They have them there. Have you been? In, you haven't been in the locker room, have you? No, I haven't. Yeah, so it's as you walk in there, it's cool. Ah, it's really cool. That's pretty. That is pretty sweet. Um, well, we'll see how they how they do. Still, it's fun. The beauty of this is, you know, what I think is fun on Sundays. Every game I watch, I'm watching. There's Hawkeye players. Yeah, yeah all over the NFL. And it, this is what my point is. In the last couple of years, if you want to go back, Kirk said they were they reevaluated after 2012 because it was the one year they had a losing season, and they were really surprised at how bad that was. But I was talking to Joe Schmelka the other day. You know, the Polk County I Club, Hawkeye Nation, and, and all that. And, uh, Joe and I have been friends for a long Right, time. good dude. Right. And and I I said, you told me, because he did, I think it was right after that year, it might have been 13, when they were completing the football practice facility, he said, Kirk has gotten everybody to buy into the fact that he needs to get the facilities upgrade done. 
That couldn't be done until they spent more money on the females for the Title IX, literally. He said, after that, if I, if I start to have problems, then I'll take off. But trust me, sure enough, it's all turned around since then. It's been really solid since then in the recruiting. It just keeps bearing out. All right, we'll be back. Wrap things up here on the Hawkeye Hill on 1700 The Champ. You're listening to the Hawkeye Huddle with Dave Creighton Jr. and Brett Rich on 1700 The Champ. Real sports talk for real sports fans. Are we back already? You know, it's funny is, is that when you turn things down so that you're not bothering the patrons, sometimes you miss the cues. <laughs> we didn't Whoops. miss anything. Whoops. We're back on the Hawkeye Huddle. Brett Rich, Dave Creighton Jr. By the way, if you missed any portion of this riveting program, you can check it out tomorrow at thehawkeyehuddle.com. That's thehawkeyehuddle.com. We'll get the podcast up there for you. You can download that in, in any way, shape, or form that you uh, feel fit to uh, pay attention to the last and 45 minutes free. of Incredible Ready. And it is free. And we- if you're like uh, the great, young, sweet Matthew Creighton, who's made an appearance from Arizona today, said it's a little chilly. Yeah, I'm sure it is. We were watching the news, you, and he, he have goes, you, uh, "Have you and he, uh, he said, less armored? You're, you're becoming a wuss, aren't you?" Yeah. And he said, uh, "It's going to be eight. <laughs> like, yeah, eight, eight in the morning." He goes, "I'll be, I'll be in bed." Yep. <laughs> anyway, Real- you you get the if you're here in person, you get the continuation of the conversation. Right. Right. So. um Real quickly, we, we mentioned the women's basketball victory at Iowa State. They also beat North Carolina Central 102-50. to They have Drake on Saturday. That'll be a good game. Uh, in Carver. Uh, they're 8-2 and and 0-0 on the year, and they're still not in the top 25. But that'll be a really good game. That'll, that'll be fun. And, of course, the men's team, they're at Cincinnati on Saturday. In, or no. At it's a neutral in, game in Chicago in versus Chicago, Cincinnati. The uh, United Center. 8 p.m. on the Big Ten Network. And uh, Cincinnati's 6-4 and four after... One of the one of the one of the worst Colgate? last ten seconds to yes Colgate who actually is like eight and three or something like that so they're not terrible but but Cincinnati's kid launches a, a ball from three quarter court with with two and a half seconds on the clock so the game went over and ball bounces out they accidentally foul Colgate guy and they went from being up up two suddenly Colgate's on line shooting a couple free throws and won the game. <laughs> And he had no reason. I mean, he could have dribbled it over half court, gotten all the way to the three-point line for an easy shot. Instead, he, he took like two steps and he heaved the ball. The announcers, the coaches, everybody was just dumbfounded at what he had done because uh, he launched uh, it so early. It was still like, you know, five seconds on the clock when so he So what it. you're suggesting is that his um, court awareness was lacking at yeah, that moment. It, it may have been. Uh, it, it's akin to Chris, Chris Weber calling the timeout with no timeouts. In the well, time. that happens. I mean, yeah. You know, and this is something that the Hawks are going to have to overcome with Jordan Bohannon getting his second hip uh, surgically repaired here tomorrow, I think. Left hip going under the knife for the left hip so they can get both completely. So apparently it was his, 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 the right hip was messed up to a 10, a level of 10 out of 10, and they diagnosed afterwards in the middle of the summer while he was rehabbing that his left hip was at like a seven. Oh, geez. So he's been playing on a bad left hip this entire season. Was so, that, that a reason he might be a step slow on defense? Maybe. Wait. Yeah, but I'm bump. So I'm hilarious. Will, Just will, ask me. Right. <laughs> so get his uh, full nine months of rehab in and be ready to go next fall and, and, and join 
what, what should be a, a fairly highly rated team at that point. Good Lord, you got Garza so, back. Joe Wieskamp's going to be back. Oh, man. Connor, Toussaint a year, Frederick a year. Yep. And, and the only guy you're losing is Creener. Right. And well, Ryan Tilly. <laughs> but you should have Nunji back, so you hit a little bit more height, right. height back in there. We'll see how that goes. Uh, question. So who starts now for Jordan Bohannon? Does Bakari Evelyn step into that role? No. Well, who are you going to do? You're going to put Creener in there. You're going to start Joe Toussaint. Joe Toussaint, who by the way played a terrific Cordell Pemsel. Well, Toussaint played very, very under control all the way until he had the last two possessions he was in the game. He suddenly started going too fast. But he had that, three he had turnovers in a well. row. Yeah, before before Dan Dockage goes, and so a lot of people don't like Dan Dockage. I don't understand this. Yeah. Why? Uh, why do? Why do people hate Joe Buck? I don't get that either. I don't know. So. If you actually listen to Doc, I, I don't know. I literally, I'm, I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you. Yes. I, agree, I agree with you. If you actually listen to Dan Dockage during a game and you listen to the words he's saying and you don't know what's Dan Dockage, you're like, my God, this guy knows what he's talking about as it comes to basketball. I mean, there's, look, there, if you're good at that job, you're going to be prone to a little hyperbole. You're also going to try to create a little controversy every now and then. The whole Adam Woodbury finger in the eye thing was probably a little ridiculous, and then he got back. But as an announcer, as a color guy, I think he's pretty good, and I agree with you. Look, ESPN's got Booger McFarlane on. And by the way, I learned last night that he played on a couple of Super Bowl teams. I literally had no idea who he was, other than the fact that he ruins my ESPN broadcasts every week. Who did he play for in a pro? No idea. New England? He said he won two Super Bowls. I have no idea. Do you know, Maddie? Do you know who who is Booker McFarland? Who is he? Will you no. be, ask the Google machine yeah, who he well, played for? No, anyway, and by so I know he played. I knew he played LSU. Said something about winning two Super Bowls or playing in two Super Bowls. Anyway, there you have it. Uh, anyway, I agree with you on the Dockage thing, but but you're right. Uh, my so point. Said, my, what about Tucson? No, he said he's he's going too fast and he, he could create a turnover, and he just said. The kid's got skills, but he, he needs to learn where he is, and then he got the ball again, and he was going away from the basket, and he turned it over. And he goes, there it is again. You can see what he's doing. He's trying too hard right now. He's trying to make up for what just happened, and there he goes again. And, he, and on cue, Fran went to the bench, got him, yeah, and, and yeah. took him out. He had, but he, had, he really had played under control, and a couple of times had held up fast breaks, passed it off. The one time he went to the rack before that, he got fouled and got the and one. I, th- I think was, what you'll good. see is the season progresses, and he realizes that the game is not going quite as fast as he seems to think it is going. Right, right. Then he he will have an opportunity. Now, here's the interesting thing, and I don't know if we've spoke about this yet, but the entire Big Ten is one and one, with the exception of Michigan State and Northwestern, and they play on Wednesday, and the home team has won every game. So one and one. Everybody's one and one. And the home team has won every game. Let's repeat that. That means Nebraska, who lost to Cal Northridge by 25 at home, somehow beat Purdue the other day. That means that Minnesota, who Iowa pounded the other night by 20, beat Ohio State, number one ranked in the country at that point in time. Amazing. I Yeah, absolutely amazing what the Big Ten is right now. So You know, in Michigan, after getting to number one in the country or number two in the country, beats Iowa 104-91, then loses the next three games. It's just it's an interesting dynamic in the Big Ten. And if, uh, Bruce asked a question: Is everybody just average, or just so-so, or mediocre, or is the or is the league just that much balanced? I mean, Penn State beats Maryland. Rutgers beat somebody. Uh, uh, yeah, who'd they beat? Um, 
Somebody pretty Wisconsin. Good. They beat Wisconsin. Oh, Wisconsin. But but they've all won a game here and there. Yeah, Penn State. Well, they've all won bad. one and they've all lost one. Penn State's actually not bad. I, I you know either. So and I was going to have a that'll be a fun game at the Palestra, like January third or fourth. I think it I is. I think that's right. So the uh, the Fran Bowl. Yeah. 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 yeah it'd be, it'll, that'll be a good one. Well, so as we take a look, but we're going to get out of here without talking about that Nebraska writer, aren't we? You want to know why last week I was hammering Nebraska so badly? Oh, are you talking about the thing I, I retweeted? Yeah. There, what was, what, what, who was that guy? I don't know. It was some uh, high school kid contributor who, who wrote a few articles for the Huskers and uh, pointed out that the choreographed uh, celebration by Keith Duncan to win the game at the, at the gun on the field goal uh, shows how much Iowa just, uh, you know, uh, it's, it's, so such a, it's such Iowa, a big yes. deal to beat Nebraska. And he goes, Nebraska would never act like that. And within minutes, it's, almost seconds, people had the video of the Nebraska kicker beating Northwestern at home. Northwestern that won two games this year. Not just uh, celebrating in an incredible way as if he just won the national championship, but ran 90 yards to the other end zone so that the entire stadium could see him. And frankly, I think he ran so he wouldn't get pile-drived by the entire team, which was going to jump on top of him. And and then over and over and over again. I'm just saying, this is is why they deserve to be kicked. When down, while down, this is why, right? I got a really good friend who lives in Lincoln, and I said, "Doug, why do they do this?" And he goes, "Some people just don't know how to lose." And and the fact of the matter is, you would think these Husker fans would start to figure it out because they've been doing it so often. <laughs> it would it, it would be it, it should become old hat at this point. Do in you time. know that Scott Frost has made more than a million per win so far in his two years? <laughs> the best was. The, uh, $10 million dollars and nine wins. You see all the tweets that came out. So they, they show the stadium with the end is this snowed over except for the end. And, oh, this is the hallowed, hallowed ground. And Iowa fans and able to fill that in with all kinds yeah. of smarty. smarty Not going comments. to a bowl game Not again going, yes. or something yeah. like that. It was, it was really good. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm just telling you, this is why in, in Iowa State week after Iowa just pounded Iowa State in two, uh, the two important basketball games, we're making fun of Nebraska. They have finally taken over. As uh, oh, you know, I, Iowa State fans can be that way too, but we've got enough friends who we know aren't like that. that I actually easier. respect Iowa State. I'm, I've lost all respect I ever have for Nebraska. Well, we we, we root for them when we're, when they're not playing Iowa. We do. We want them to win. Iowa State, yes, that is. Yes, not Nebraska. Uh, right, absolutely. I haven't rooted for Nebraska since Tommy Frazier ran over the entire Florida team. My, uh, and I got to say, down goes Frazier. And remember, as far as my wife is concerned, we're not having this conversation. That's She's right. Listening. She's not listening. No. She's actually in Lincoln. Yeah, on there you go. I don't, think you, I don't think you yeah. can get 1700 there. Nope. Can't. Well, not she true, can stream, not, stream not it true, on her phone. Not true. Absolutely you can. Got it. it. It's a weird thing about the way the signals bounce at, at night and during the winter. I, I picked up 1700 in Minneapolis on the way back from uh, the Viking game last week. and I picked. Up well, a, to all our fans in yeah. Minneapolis, Lincoln, Quad yeah. Cities, Jolly Holiday Lights they, tonight. They definitely get them up in uh, Mason City area. There so, you go. So, uh, we, we, we used to have that thing that showed that. Okay. Maybe we should actually I- encourage people to call in one, one week. I don't know when we Just would do that. furthest call away. Just in case anybody ever wanted to. Uh, we, we <laughs> if you want to interact with us, you tweeted us at Hawkeye Huddle or at Hawkeye Huddle 2. All right, we got two minutes. Cincinnati Saturday night Hawks uh, versus six and four Cincinnati. Not as good of a team as they had last year, but a formidable opponent. Is this your Foundry Distillery last this call? This is our Foundry Distillery last call. Uh, 
check out the new corn first game whiskey. with that first game without Jordan Bohannon that that has a, against a team with a heartbeat. Yeah, pulse right. Uh, how do who starts and how do they respond? I don't. Boy, this is a good question on who starts. Um, I'm going to go that he goes with Joe Toussaint. I don't know why. Wow. I think that's probably wrong, but I'm going to go with that and uh, short leash on him. And I think the Hawks are going to struggle, but I think they're going to find their footing and they're going to come back and beat Cincinnati, much like they did in, in the first round of the NCAA basketball tournament last year. And I, th- I think they win this game 71-70. to 70. Oh, that close, huh? Yeah. Um, I think he goes with Evelyn. And he may start Joe Toussaint or play him a lot more, with knowing he's gonna. He needs to get him to continue to get ready with big minutes. So he would start him because he's got more experience. Actually, starting. I don't, I don't think he starts him. I think he gets him off the bench right away, early, brings him in. They're rotating guards, and he starts Evelyn in that position, and then goes big and little, big and little with uh, with Creener in there. Um, but I think Toussaint plays more clearly than he has by not just because Jordan's gone, but because. They're going to need him to play important minutes now, no matter what. Right? Well, and, and, and Connor's been playing really well, by the way. As much as we wanted to to, to bag on him early in the year, this he's played. He had twelve the other night at Iowa State. Made a made a big, big three, three in the middle of that run. Yep, Absolutely. Yep. So, you know, it, but and I look, I'm all for Connor. My biggest pet peeve is the dribbling the air out of the know, basketball and not moving. And so, if he can avoid that. And keep the ball moving, which keeps the offense moving, and and then get it down to Luca, um, and let him create because clearly he is a trouble. Yeah, Go ahead. let me say, give him a okay. Yeah, Go. I haven't uh, ready. Yeah, yeah. I thought so, you gave it. No, I said Evelyn starts. Hawks are going to win this one by ten. Oh, double digits. They they. I'm telling you right now, this team. I'm telling start, you right now, they're going to start playing free and easy for the next couple of games because they've got the non-conference wins they need. It's time to go into the Big Ten. This one's a free and easy one. They're going to enjoy it. Saturday night, 8 p.m. Join us next week on the Hawkeye Huddle.